0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Grant Schwartz with the Conscious Athletics Podcast here for another episode. If you guys are looking for more information on what we're doing here, please take a second to visit us at ConsciousAthletics.net and or ConsciousAthletics on Instagram. This episode is brought to you by Be Cool, Be Smart, Be Alive, teaching our youth their rights and how to de-escalate. For more information, please visit BeCooler.org. again ladies and gents um i don't know what number of podcast this is but we're starting to roll a little bit here if you're still listening I'm, I'm putting something together so thank you again for returning um as you know my name is grant uh this afternoon actually sunny for the first time in california for a while i know we sound like little whiners but um we're we're, we're enjoying it um but yeah i got ross mcconnell on here um ross and i Uh, had the had the luxury I will say of of meeting um, during our time at Dell together um, became fast friends um, quickly kind of you know learned a little bit about Ross's background as as many of you guys know it's it's, it's funny how athletes kind of you know gravitate towards each other but um, so got to know the fact that Ross um, was a division one water polo polo player at um, Miami of Ohio so the little brother of Ohio State so it's it's always nice to to have the siblings around um but uh yeah um excited to have ross on um he's got a great perspective on on what it is to you know you know obviously go through the whole process of being a high-level athlete and then and then you know he had his struggles making that transition um ross now has a beautiful wife and daughter um and is living a relatively happy life um if if his sales are going through of course because like many of us, he uh, has drank in the Kool-Aid and, and enjoyed the sales side. But uh, without further ado, Ross McConnell, what's going on, man? What's going on? Good to see you, sir. Always good to see you. Always, we would like to get together more, but
1: as, as you heard me mention, Ross has got a little one. I got a couple now, so we don't we don't yeah, get my, to see you. Uh, by the way, I realized I texted you congratulations, but this is my face-to-face congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Cool. Welcome to the Girl out. Dad Club.
0: That's right. That shirt was awesome. I've ordered a few times. Already. <laughs> good, man. good, good, good. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. But yeah, so, um, you know, obviously thanks for coming on. Um, you know, the reason why we had you on, like I mentioned, we just kind of want to talk about your experiences. And, sure. um, I, I know we've had extensive conversations and I found a lot of stuff that was super relatable, relatable to me. So I know a lot of the people listening will find the same, but, um, Ross grew up in, in St.
1: Louis. Yeah. St. Louis yeah I was born in Tampa moved to St. Louis when I was five so pretty much my home I have great friends there but zero intention to ever go back um, it's <laughs> hey, just but, not it's not for yeah. everybody hey once you touch down in California you know I, 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 I tell people it's tough it's tough to leave um, yeah it's uh we're, we're locked and we own a house now so I don't know how to leave it at all if I tried that's what's up
0: that's what's up and and talking to ross um like like many of us he was a renaissance man coming up playing sports it sounds like there wasn't um anything that uh took a little bit of competitive nature that ross wasn't participating in um so but you were telling us around or telling me around like seventh grade is when you kind of started focusing on water polo
1: yeah i played what was that I'll i'll give you the rundown like i My dad swam at the University of Tennessee. He was a swimmer his whole life. He was very, very good. I was born into a swimming family. I was incredibly fast, and I can I cuss on this? Of course you fucking can. All right, I fucking hated swimming with a fucking (laughs) passion. Just when you have talent in something, you you do it because you know you follow the steps of your father or what have you. Um, And I think the day that I quit, he was very, very happy with that because it is the most boring sport in the world to be a spectator. (laughs) Um, But I played everything under the sun. I played basketball, baseball golf, tennis, soccer, you name it. Um, And long story longer, somehow I got introduced to water polo through, I guess, a guy that my sister was dating. um, Oh, really? Water polo. So yeah, weird. Thank you to Dickie (laughs) Lambert, actually was his name. Um, Dickie Levert? Dickie Lambert. That's a a good name. So he he played at the high school where I, I went to high school as well. And he was like, hey, you should try this out if you you know, enjoy swimming, kind of, and you play everything else, and fell in love from there. Right. 12 years old, it became my passion, I guess. Um, definitely. No, definitely.
0: You don't know anything else, man.
1: You don't. And I, I think you also, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll segue into this, as I think every sport does. You, you have your groups of friends in middle school, and then in high school, and my high school experience was not that, you know, OC shit where I was friends with everybody and the cool fucking kid I was not that by any stretch yeah. neither um, but I had closer friends through the water polo teams that I played with all across the country right so that is set- that like a club is that like a club setup so yeah there's out of season like out of high school season there are there are club teams um and bear in mind I'm talking about St. Louis so you're right. from California water polo out here is it's the mecca I was curious about that yeah yeah in St. Louis you know, I say I'm from St. Louis, and I play water polo. And you know, I get in the water, and these guys have this immediate assumption that, hey, by the way, this kid's gonna suck. Right. But there's two you, to three of us every single year that come out. You that, can swim. You can swim. Believe it or not, I float really well now. <laughs> um, <laughs> better, better than back then for sure. Oh, good God, yes. Uh, so there were club teams in the off season, and then one ended up happening from seventh grade. I played from seventh grade all the way through my senior year in high school. I played from Midwest Zone. So okay. it was two kids from St. Louis, three from Chicago, four from Michigan, maybe Ohio. I don't really remember. And we we played all over the country. And we, we ended up coming out here probably twice a year and got the shit kicked out of us um, by a bunch of high school teams here. And then we went and played in some tournaments. But we did well by, like, our senior year. Right.
0: So then my question to you is there is, like, so when did you know, like, okay, this is something one that I, that I love enough. You said it was your passion. So I was around 12. You did say that, but two was like, okay, I'm actually good enough to where, um, this might be something that can take me places. I I know, you know, you're obviously a big fish in a small pond, um, with, with the respective sport that you were playing. So like when you came out and and started competing against, you know, the the top guys in California and Florida, I'm sure probably has really good water polo. Most of the, the beach areas do. Um, What was it? Was there a moment? Was there like, oh shit! Like, I know we're getting our ass kicked, but like, I'm doing my thing right now, and like, I think this might be somewhere I can something I can take somewhere.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I was out at uh, a tournament at UC Santa Cruz, um, playing Midwest Zone again, and first time I was on that campus. Which, by the way, if you've ever been on the campus, it's like a freaking wildlife reserve. There's gazelles just running everywhere. It's pretty incredible up there. It is. Yeah. I I would not have graduated from that school, but uh, (laughs) we're in the tournament and we were playing, I don't even know who, but some California team. And it just so happened that Wolf Wigo, who played on the national team for God knows how many years, 10 to 12 years. Okay. Sorry, Sorry. truck drove by. uh, Who was the coach at the time at UC Santa Barbara? I was 16, uh, pulled me aside after it and said, Hey, I'd like to talk to you next week. Okay. So he and I started those conversations. And when somebody on the national team says, Hey, I'd like to talk to you because he's coaching a team, you kind of, you're you're humbled by every sense of the word but you're also your ego just gets right. remarkably inflated oh for and sure that well, point you realize maybe you're worth a shit
0: those moments are important though because you know i i we, we've talked about it and i mentioned it on this podcast people are going to start getting annoyed at me but you need an irrational belief in yourself and i'm going to I'm going to keep i'm going to keep saying that and it's moments like that where you have these people who have validation who have a, uh, accreditation um that are validating you. Right. You're going, okay, wait a second here. Like maybe, maybe I do have something. And like, those are those moments where you're like, okay, I'm really gonna, I'm, I'm going all in on. It. Correct.
1: Correct. And it, it's, it's, it's hard to not walk away from that with that giant inflated head, because that was the beginning of however many calls were going to come from there and however many universities are going to reach out. Right. And you know, there, there's, I'll, I'll tie into all these stories, but you know, in high school, there were some other things like in high school, I was the first freshman to start on varsity in 25 years. Okay. Again, yeah. it's St. Louis. So ring that bell as low as you possibly can. Like it's not California. Um, hey. but we won, Go. we won the state championship my freshman year. I've got this fly driving me nuts, dude. Um, <laughs>
0: that's your ego. It's just coming back around. It's, 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 it's like...
1: literally going catch it. Uh, <laughs> But uh, we won my freshman year, took second my sophomore year, won my junior year, and won my senior year. Wow! So in high school, I lost four games total. So you, have, you have a pretty sweet Letterman jacket, is what you're telling me. I we never did jack with a speedo, dude. You just it didn't work right. It was it was a weird look.
0: And we are going to do some extra content for a small fee, where Ross shows <laughs> shows off his the, the speedo that he wore in high school to see the difference.
1: If you, I really don't want to work anymore. So if you can only fans of that, just get a couple dollars into it. That'd be great. Hey man, there's no shame in your game. You yeah. Know. I mean, my wife's still with me for some reason. Um, but, uh, I started getting a lot of different offers and a lot of different, I guess, asks for recruiting trips. Uh, tell me, tell me, tell me, you
0: did not get offered to UCSB or UCSB and didn't go. I didn't go.
1: You're an idiot. I don't think I would have graduated <laughs> no I don't you think have. I like dude I did camps that on work that work. campus I, I did several different recruiting trips I I think the reality is like I told you this earlier I got into I think 16 of the 18 schools I applied to okay yeah. I was a shit student wall to wall I went to an incredibly difficult high school it's incredibly renowned college was a breeze because of how hard my high school was but I didn't get into these schools because of my GPA right I got in because they, just I mean, like every single athlete, they are putting a team together and they're going, this is going to be this year, this year, this year. Here's how we're going to win. Like right. I got into GW. I am not a smart man. See, Yeah, see, that's,
0: the, but so me of Ohio is, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how much of it is, is just blustering, but the Oxford of the Midwest is right. Is, <laughs> the Harvard of uh, the Midwest. The, the, the Harvard of the Midwest. It's in Oxford. It is Oxford.
1: Yeah, it's in okay. Oxford. I know.
0: I know. I was, you know, I, I'm I'm international. So I'm thinking England, you know, sorry.
1: Well, also, you went to Ohio State. It's forgiven. Um, Not the smartest. You're welcome. No. Uh, so it, what was very weird for me, and I, I don't know how it was for you from a recruitment standpoint, but my decisions on where I went was on the basis of which recruiting trip I ended up having the most fun on. Right. You know, and you add that to what is the faux pas and not spoken about? It, you got hammered with the guys you were gonna play water polo with. Oh yeah. You know? Um, and that is where and it's a coach, it's coaching too. I, I liked the coach the most where I went my freshman year, and I went to Iona, mm. which is you know where, where, where is Iona? Is this in new Chicago? Rochelle, New Rochelle, New York? About thirty minutes north of Manhattan. So oh, that's not that's not terrible. No, I mean I enjoyed the city for a bit. I had my best friend went to uh, Columbia because he was smart. He played right. football there, which again he was smart. Um, I have to poke fun at their football program, but uh, Iona was. I loved the coach. I loved the guys on the team. I went from winning f- or losing four games in high school to winning four games in college.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, I was, I the, was, I was the, I was the opposite. I was the opposite. Okay. Our, our team was never very like, actually before my, so my, my freshman year of school, I think the varsity team, I, I played freshman went one, in, one in nine, okay. and one and nine and we were booed at, we were booed at our homecoming. Nice. Imagine that. I'm like sitting there in the crowd going, what am I doing here? This isn't exactly <laughs> what I pictured <laughs> I, my sophomore year. I, uh, I played varsity I played defense and we went two and eight. Didn't get booed at homecoming, so that was cool. Hey, that's a step up. Um, but my junior year, we were I, we went five and five and made the playoffs, and it was like the next coming. So that could tell you the the, the level of of su- what success was for us. So then it's funny because mine, like I said, mine was the office experience. Get to Ohio State, and it's like you don't lose if if you're if you lose. Like when we lost the game, it was like that feeling afterwards was just like man, enough to make, never make you want to do it again, That's for damn sure.
1: But well, and that that's interesting because you you bring that up. Um, this is what you and I had discussed originally is I, I went D1. And I went D1 because ego, which is kind of the entire concept of, of what we've been discussing here, told me that I needed to. Right. Told me that that was going to be my path. And I had to go D1. I got all these offers. I chose the wrong school. In reality, I chose the wrong school because it just, it ended up being a commuter school, which I didn't know yeah that's not fun um but i came home that summer and i was like look it's four years i don't give a shit it's just four years right and my mom was the one who looked at me and goes that's great that you think that but absolutely not that's not what college is you're not going back right then i went to miami of ohio yeah so i went from effectively having a life that was run by a program seven days a week as you know Mm. where your free time was allocated to these hours but you knew that you had practice the next day so if you decided to go live it up that night the next day was going to suck very badly to then enjoying the sport again to the extent that i've i've played three to four days a week since i was 21 years old still since i graduated
0: see that's the amazing thing about about a sport like water polo, basketball, um, you know, tennis. There's, I'm sure, there's a, a few others that I'm missing. That sport is something that you get to do for pretty much as long as long as you're able. Um, and yeah, that's that's one of the brutal parts about football is is like, yeah, you know, you you can go do flag football. That that scratches a little bit of the itch. As far as like going and doing tackle football, you're out of your fucking mind. That if I'm not getting paid, I'm going to go hit somebody. Dude, and he's if dying. I hit my knee on my dresser, I'm broken for a week. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's awful. Exactly. So yeah, it just doesn't. For football, it's like once it's over, it's it's just done. It's right. You, I, I mean, I've gone stretches now, and, and it was funny. I uh, at our sales kickoff, we got we got to go to a uh, Raider Stadium in, in Las Vegas. There, and we we're throwing the football. And Ross, I realized that that was the first time I would picked up a football and thrown it in like six years. And I was just like, whoa, like, and that's kind of a kind of a mind fuck for me because it's like. It is something that like literally every single moment of my life was dedicated to like right. every single second was waking up. I had a football next to my bed. I was picking it up, I was spinning, it. I was throwing it in the air, whatever it was. And then, to, and then to not, what's even scarier is then to not even realize it had been six years. It wasn't like, I was thinking like, damn, I need to get back out and touch that football. Like I was like, Holy shit, Thank God. But when I got it, it was like, I had never left it. I was spinning sure. it around when I can't ripping it like the whole nine. And, but I was just like, man, like that is like, such a crazy, like, boom. And I I guess at the same, at the same time, I I should, I should be a little bit happy about that because, because this whole process is about like re-identifying yourself. I guess that means that like I've gotten to a healthy enough place to where it's like, I don't think of myself as that person anymore. Um, But yeah, it was, it was kind of a real realization.
1: I want to tie onto that because that's, that's interesting. Um, I've been thinking about this conversation since you, you know, we, we put this on the calendars kind of what was going to be important in the Mentality of hey, by the way, the athlete transitioning into the real world. Um, right. So when I graduated from college, again, I, I had tremendous success, had a lot of fun, yay. Um, the idea of what I was going to do didn't exist. My dad was in sales. My mom, you know, talked to everybody under the sun. She was she worked for Dare. So oh, that's cool to my childhood. Yeah, is it? Um, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but uh. But, took, isn't it, but it is nostalgic. It, oh, very much so. I, you know, the, the dare lion and all that shit. Um, so I took pretty much the first job that got offered to me. And it was in Greensboro, North Carolina, working for a company called Good Health Natural Foods. And I okay. was selling healthier snack foods in pants and a button-down tucked in for $26,500 a year with no commissions on top of it. Wow. I lasted three months uh, I was gonna say that, that that one didn't go for long so like so that's the thing
0: I, 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 I and, I'll, and I'll loop it back to, to yeah, that yeah. point but like with water polo like you know it's funny because football is a very finite window of where you can continue to play but then sure. when you go to something like water polo it's really like I don't know what the opportunity is professionally or to get paid inside mm-hmm. the United States I'm sure that there's there's more
1: opportunity abroad. Yeah. Um, Did you ever did you ever look into doing that? I considered it. um, The reality is the idea of playing seven days a week and training for eight hours a day, no matter how much money you're making and no matter how cool the country is, never appealed to me. Um, I have probably a dozen friends that have done it. I play with a bunch of guys that have done it. Um, And you'll probably make I mean, you're going to make good money like Tony Acevedo made 250 grand because he was the best water polo player ever. Well, the best Never. part of water polo ever.
0: Let's, uh, uh, you know, someone who's just a journeyman over there is probably making, you know, seventy to seventy to ninety. But it's really not about the money at that point. It's more about no. just to continue to play and, and
1: live in those places. Continue and to play and play at the highest level that you possibly can. I mean, you go play in Croatia; that's their national sport. They're smoking cigarettes at halftime and taking shots of ice. <laughs> Croatians are fucking cool, dude. I like they're Croatia. they're amazing, but they're six eight two seventy five. I'm six one two twenty. Yeah, but you got long arms, man. You got long arms. Thanks. <laughs> um, no but it's it's interesting because you you play into that and that's what's so cool going back to that conversation that i'm so fortunate to have is i play two to three days a week still constantly and again i played d1 then i went club and i play with guys that played on the national team i play with guys that won you know national titles for usc ucla right some of my closest friends and i'm still able to play at that level with them yeah are they better Shit. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're not. Right. But I, I still have earned that level of respect and I've been here for eight years. You know,
0: that's a big thing. That's a big thing for, for athletes and, and especially when you're talking about that transition period, because coming to, coming to grips with saying like, you know, like it's did I leave something
1: going off? Give me a second.
0: It's all good. So that's Sorry. part of the aesthetic. You can't really hear it. Of, part of the game. Hey man, this is Rod live. And and hopefully <laughs> only <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, is like that. Is that validation, right? Because it's like at the end of the day, if you didn't get to your ultimate goal, or you didn't, or you didn't like, you know, someone put money in your bank account like directly, saying, "Hey, we're paying you to do this." Right. Yeah. Fuck, man. Like, and you start to question, like, what the hell? What did I do wrong? And you're you're obviously looking at everything from a from your a, a deeper perspective and trying to nitpick it. And I think one of the big things for me when I was like you know what, like, I and I could, I could feel it, the, the weight kind of go off of my shoulders, because, you know, I, I I came, I came very close to to making my ultimate dream come true of playing in the NFL, fell short. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, would, I went back to what I did in college. And I've, I've talked about it a few times in here, I'm gonna talk about it more. But like, you know, a lot of it was was of my own doing, right. And so like, I would look at myself and be like, motherfucker, man, you really sabotage yourself. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And so it would weigh on me. Um, and then it was, I had I had an opportunity to start working out with like ten or so NFL receivers. Yep. And uh, Patrick Patrick Turner, Damian Williams, uh, Quan Cosby, George Shipley. Like you know, a lot of the guys who were big name receivers when I was in school. And you know, no none of those names in particular. But like, I'm I'm sitting there working out with these guys daily, and I'm like, bro, like fuck, yeah, these guys are good. But fuck, I can do everything that they can plus some. Like, what the fuck. And I was, at first I was kind of like pissed off, right? Like, damn it, like, this is even more of the, the the reason why I'm mad that I left this opportunity on the table. But then I realized, I was like, you know what, dude? Like, a lot of things happen. You you know, the ball didn't bounce your way, you had injuries, this, that, and the other. Sure. It wasn't for you. That path wasn't for you ultimately. For sure. But that that doesn't mean that you weren't, you didn't get to the level that was necessary to re- receive that, it's just, the cards weren't in your, in your favor. Um And that moment when I was actually able to come to grips with that was a was a big one for me because it was like, you know what? It is what it is. I put I, you know, I had a great run. It didn't end up going the way that I wanted to at the very end, but
1: that's just the way that the cookie crumbles and
0: and and I'm okay that, with that.
1: that doesn't deter the fact that what you learned in that process and who that made you become, not only as a man but as a as a as a human and as a, a terminal athlete right that's it's going idea. to carry over into everything that you do right you know and I, and I think that's that's where the benefit and also the the hindrance of being an athlete comes forward is how do you transition and again i know that's what this entire topic is about but how do you transition from being that into establishing who you are outside of those walls? You yeah, that's it. I mean, I don't I don't know if there's a there's an answer to it. Like I, I still laugh about this. And you and I have had the jokes about it that, you know, I, I had that job in North Carolina, and then I went and became a personal trainer, because it's what I knew. It was exactly <laughs> what I knew. I'd done it all the time. Like, hey, shit, I lift weights, I can teach somebody else how to lift weights. Right. But it, it was this almost like lifelong body dysmorphia. That, oh, and that's not uh, leaving well in the football world dude in particular like it's never going to leave me you know i yeah. i can shit on myself every time that i'm like oh god i do look the way i want to but i'm still right. lifting right. six days a week you know in the football world that's even more prevalent i, I remember speaking in miami ohio um a buddy of mine acquaintance now if, if he still remembers my name i'd be absolutely shocked but guy we used to drink with back in st louis he played for the rams his name's jacob bell and he went to miami ohio okay he retired after seven years and moved to San Diego, and he lost 85 pounds.
0: Oh, so was he it was o a D D? Uh, uh,
1: he was a D-tackle. Yeah. D-tackle. Or no, O-lineman. O-lineman. Either, either way, he was yeah. pushing 275, something like that, constantly. Yeah. And decided that, hey, that's not where I want to stay. Here's who I want to be. And he got out of the league for fear. It's a
0: lot of those, a lot of those guys uh, that play the O-line and D-line are just, they're flat out unhealthy. And what they have to do to maintain those type of weights um, is, is pretty incredible. And you see that transformation for them so many times. Like, I can't tell you how many teammates were. I flat out don't even recognize them. Like, who who was, dude. And, but you know, what's funny is a lot of times it's, is the opposite for skill position players is yeah. because, because of you know just the nature of playing a sport at that level and, and all that comes with it you can eat whatever you want it doesn't fucking matter you're gonna, you're gonna burn gonna, everything you're gonna be you're gonna be shredded it doesn't fucking matter right um but once that leaves and once you're you're not able to have that type of like to be able to reel yourself back in a lot of times you see you see former skill position players just not be able to do it and like i meet you know several of my dad's former teammates and that's a, diff- a little bit different generation for sure but like you're like you played what like are you sure right. you didn't play offensive tackle? Like you why you did
1: not play receiver. <laughs> you know? it's, it's such a switch, dude. And it's you know, with our sport, it's very different because if you're fatter, you can still float. Right. Um, but you know, all my buddies that played D1 football, my best friend again who played to Columbia, he's still shredded. Like it's it's it, but the reason I say that, playing off of what you said, that's his mentality now. Right. He took that as a position player and decided, here's who I'm gonna become, and here's what's gonna matter to me but that's got to be 2% 3% of former athletes i don't know the it's, number that's that's probably me pulling that out of my
0: ass but well you mean you you meet you, you obviously we meet so many people throughout our travels and, and 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 our experiences and like that's that's the reason why i did this because so many people i talk to are struggling you know what i mean you're like right. Fuck, man, this isn't just me. This isn't just a handful of us that at this point, the, the the number has gotten to a level where it's like, OK, there's probably a pretty good chance that if you had similar experiences like this, like you're you're struggling in some sort of way. Um, and it really, you know, and it comes back to like, man, like I was able to do this, night. It's like you were still able to do those things. You have those you have those capabilities. And we, I've talked about it before, but. As an athlete, you're you, you're able to build an infrastructure in which you can operate in, right? In which you sure. can you have you have all of your little compartments of of discipline, of 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 punctuality, of of determination, of resilience, of all these things, right? Um, and when you're when you play the sport, the organization is filling up those compartments for you. Okay. Correct. This is this is how you're gonna this is how you're gonna apply these things. You're gonna apply it in your film study, you're gonna apply it in your practice, you're gonna apply it in your nutrition, blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, fuck, dude, I'm good, man. This is great. Like, I know, like, I'm a disciplined motherfucker. I know what to do. Yeah, but then yeah, what yeah. happens when that goes away? What happens when that goes away? And it's funny, is like a lot of people, myself included, <laughs> lose that perception of like, well, I don't really know. Like, where do I put this energy? Do I put it here? Like, it, I know it used to go here, but like, it doesn't feel the same. Like, right. And so it's like kind of re like restructuring that infrastructure to fit what your day to day stuff is. And as as an athlete. The beautiful thing about that is, is you have, you have that work ethic to, to keep your, your, your body in, in in a particular type of way, whatever is healthy for you. Sometimes as you know, when you're playing a sport, like you mentioned your, your buddy, um, what they're having to do this for the sport is unhealthy for them. So the moment that they're done, they get to where they're supposed to be either way. It's the same, it's the same mental process. Right. right. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that you have to go out and like Roth saying working six days a week or whatever it may be, but I mean it tends to happen to us athletes because we could start getting into those grooves and we're like, oh, let's fucking go. Right. But you need to, you need to, that's like the step one. You have to maintain that part because that's going to allow your mind to be in the place to where you're able to access these, these capabilities that you have because that's how it was primed sure. in the first place. For right. Sure. And, and I think that's a big thing to understand about our minds is, is that our minds exist off of priming what we did in the past like those these are templates that we're using and literally it's like a slideshow in our brain like okay i'm gonna use template six stanza seven slide it go you know what i mean and like as an athlete when you're able to fucking put that first slide in your your brain is more likely to go okay so what am i gonna do after that and then when you realize like sorry i'm on i'm on one right now no you're then good dude Then when you realize like, oh shit, like I have this capability, like I have this ability to stay dedicated and without somebody yelling at my fucking neck to, to, to show up five, six days a week with my workout routine. What if
1: I fucking did that for my mental health? What if I did that for my education? You know what I mean? Also, that's, that's what I was going to tie into is, is so much of the sports that we all played, at least from, from that perspective, there was high intensity, there was physicality, there was violence, if you will. I have lived on the basis and, you know, pretty much every athlete that I've ever known that still works out, they work out for their own sanity and they work yep. out because my temperament, you know, I love my wife to death, but for fuck's sake, I, not everybody loves their wife that goddamn much, <laughs> um, but I work out to keep myself sane because I have to, okay. I have to use or express that energy in some sort of fashion, or it's going to come out in different ways. And I yep. think that's the same shit with work. Like if, If I don't have a calm mindset, you may be the smartest person in the room, but something you will have said will have pissed me off. And I'm either going to scream at you and lose my job or I'm going to find another outlet in order to keep me sane so I can step back and go, Ross, shut the fuck up for a second. Breathe. Approach this later. Yes. And I I think that's the that's the athletic mentality. And that's however many coaches you had, however many trainers you had guiding you down that road of by the way you have this for a reason use it but use it right or use it correctly right because it's it it can that that mindset it it can get it can
0: get turned the wrong fucking way one million percent and and i think everybody you know unfortunately has either experienced it that themselves for periods of time or they've seen other people who who wrote it all the way into the ground yeah um but yeah i think i think that's definitely i think that's definitely step one so like Tell me, like, you know, you're 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 an interesting story when it comes to this because of the fact, like, yes, you you stop playing in front of crowds of 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 well, we'll say hundreds of people. Thank you, (laughs) thank you. Of hundreds of people, but you know, there's a there's an extreme pride for for playing for a university, an established university like that, putting on the uh, what I don't know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say red and cream. What's your guys' colors? just red and black just calm down it's the same red shit calm down it's still whoa, white. whoa 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 scarlet and oh gray. my apologies the my apologies the yeah. yeah. well if, you know what i'm gonna put this to i'm gonna put this to rest for everybody who wants to know about the v right now so first off we just got a trademark so it is it is a part oh, congratulations. of congratulations <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, uh, i'll be receiving some sort of residual and in, in, in which they're asking me to pay them so yeah no, um, you still get those every goddamn month too oh god i'm like god, come on now no i just went and either either way but so the, the, the quick story behind the so back in like i think it was like the late 1890s or 1900s somewhere <laughs> beginning of beginning of when these universities were founded there was ohio university 1809 calm down there you go there was ohio university <laughs> there was ohio state and there was a there was a debate in in the state who was the preeminent university i mean now obviously it's it's not even close ohio state has gone to whole other levels than than what's going on down there in athens ohio right um but at the time i guess it was kind of a there was a tit for tat type of thing going on there and 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 being the petty petty people that us uh, ohio state buckeyes are they said well this is what we're going to be called the ohio state university hmm. so that that's that's where the distinction came from and i mean it'd been over a hundred years until I guess we just recently got a trademark. So there you go. So there's a little fun fact for you.
1: Um, I got, a, so I, know I got a stupid one for you. That'll take two seconds. You know, the whole U and Miami university and university yeah. of Miami. Yeah. Yeah. So Miami university, Miami, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, existed when Florida was still owned by Spain. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But
0: you don't have as many palm trees. Um, nor, not, do you have, <laughs> nor do you have access to the Latin American culture that exists down there in Miami. So I think uh, the Uh, hurricanes, we're going to, we're going to take a step back and get back to the things that we're focused here on, um, which is, which is um, Ross. So Ross. Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I was trying to say before was, so your transition was a little bit different because of the fact that you said like, okay, like you graduated Miami of Ohio you were in a pool that next monday i mean i'm i, I don't know if you know what i mean like so and never that that separation never was there and then you were able to plug into a bunch of guys who were probably in similar situations to you um so did you did you ever feel like like did that transition to going to work i know you said you you immediately went down there and were doing that sales job and i told you i'd loop it back around sure so you were you went down into to greensboro and you're doing that sales thing was that like were you playing water polo at that point or was that was that kind of a point where you're kind of like man i'm maybe I need to get back more to that? Or like, am
1: I am I leaving that opportunity too soon? Like, what was your mindset? Uh, that's a really fair question. So that was probably the only time in my life where I didn't play polo. Um, those whopping three months that I lived in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, it was a huge factor in why I went back um, and why I moved back to St. Louis where I had a team and I had friends. Um, and the the reason being is, it's twofold. Yeah, a, a buddy of mine who I've I've known my entire life. I played water polo with. I think I was 15 when we I, I when we went to a bar after practice. Um Midwest. Midwest, yeah. He uh we pulled up to the parking lot and, and he goes, "I I would need you to appreciate something really quick." And I was like, "Sure." He goes cuz we were going to meet up with all the guys we'd just had practice with. Right. He goes, "Every single person you work with is going to be envious of your life from here on out." And I was like, "The fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, because because the majority of this entire world, your friendships are based off what or who you meet at work and who you work with at work and works over and we're all going to go do happy hour, right, you have the luxury and freedom of going No, guys, I've got to go to practice and hang out with my other friends, right, because it's a community. And it's the same thing with football for you is you have an established community as an athlete all over the country, all over the world, essentially. And it gives you that ability to at least be vulnerable enough to say, hey, guys, like everywhere I've gone in this world and everywhere I've lived, not in the world, but in the country, I've had the ability to say, hey, you guys may be able to kick my ass, whatever it may be, but do you mind if I come play and meet people that way? And that's where my, I guess I've been so remarkably fortunate to have that. The transition into the workforce, kind of as you were saying, it's weird because you, you have a team
0: it ain't the same team, but you but you're not able to tell them that their fucking mother sucks and you're going to kick them yeah. in the shins if they pull that shit
1: again yeah you try to but stick your finger at my ass one more time one John, time can you up. one time sir i'm all the way in japan <laughs> long uh, pinky. but no it's it's interesting because what i've also found though and you and i were talking about this before being the asshole that i am now from being in sports and what have you it does help me from interpersonal relationships within the office and then also with clients because a lot of what happens is based on the ability to not get stepped on yep and when somebody says well we can't do that you have the ability to look at them and go you're wrong right you're absolutely wrong and here's why and that comes from coaches that comes from people kicking your ass and telling you that you're the fucking idiot for so long right that's
0: (laughs) a good point Uh, but like Like being able to identify that, like the fact that you're able to say, like the fact I'm just like, oh, I have this, I've seen something like this before. It may not be, it may, the the guy may not have a whistle around his neck and he, and he may not be yelling at the top of his lungs at me, but it's the same thing.
1: You know what I mean? Correct. And it's, it's the ability to also know when to respond because like any organization, you know, you can see success and then kind of kick it for a bit. But when your boss looks at you and goes, Hey, do this. Whether you like it or not, you do it, right? Because you know that hierarchy. you know how to listen to authority. Well, that's the thing, right? is being able
0: to literally every day open the door to your office, get punched right in the face and walk and then walk can walk right through the punch and sit down at your computer and start doing the same shit that you've been doing for the last x amount of days to try to to try to change whatever it is in your job. Like, you know, obviously Ross and I are both sales guys. So there's like that applicability is direct. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your job is.
1: Everybody's in sales to an extent and you got to sell whatever sure. it is you're, you're, you're cooking. Um, well, I had a VP, dude, and this is a last little caveat. But I had a VP that he said, you know, sales is the highest earning p- profession in the world. Why doesn't everybody do it? And my first response, you know, as a young, lowly salesman, I was like, because not everybody can sell. <laughs> he's like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. He goes, no, not everybody can take a <laughs> every single day and come back and do it again. Yeah, that is sales. Yeah. That is losing. That is being able to go play Michigan and lose and come back it next never- year. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. Till still too soon, or did it you ever have? It never happened, bro. Oh, I'm sorry. Been- my apologies.
0: Five and for us. Not you know. So I, I know this 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 recent squad has got some work to do, but. I always tell people, you know, I never have. You're
1: ranked number one. Aren't you ranked number one already heading into the fucking season? I think we're two or three or something like that. I just I mean, think you're number one. I,
0: I, what? I well, went to because, Ohio State. Well, I'll, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this about that team. Uh, they, they absolutely are completely stacked, like they always are. Um, they're receiving, I mean, like Marvin Harrison Jr., Ibuka, that whole, and I'm sure they got, I know they got a bunch of young guys coming up too. Um... Mm-hmm. But CJ Stroud is gone. So um, anytime, anytime your quarterback leaves, you, you, you really never know what what's going to come out the other side. I think yeah. obviously all the guys they have there are super talented. I'm not really familiar with them at this point. Um, so, you know, that they're going to have the, the ability. It's just whether or not they're going to be able to be the difference maker in the big game. Because Ohio State, we're going to we're going to steamroll eight out of 10 almost every single time. You know what I mean? Colorado.
1: I'm happy about Colorado. I'm excited. I it's either gonna be the greatest thing in the world or it's gonna be the biggest fucking bust ever. I'm super happy about Colorado. I love the energy (laughs) that I love
0: the energy that Prime brings. Um obviously stud, dude. He's a stud. Complete legend. Um and I've always actually so Colorado was um back back in my and I'm happy I didn't go there for the simple fact that I think they had like two winless seasons during (laughs) that stretch. But <laughs> before, when I was getting recruited before, they were actually, they, they, they were, they were a pretty solid program. Like in the early 2000s, they they had a, a yeah, that's true BCS that. runs or whatnot. And obviously, if you've ever been to Boulder, seen, seen anything about University of Colorado, it's an incredible Smart. place. Yeah. So, and I thought about going there, but yeah, I was excited. I was excited that he, that he went there and, and interested, interested to see what he can, what he can do. There's obviously no problem with him uh, generating interest and talent. So not at all. that's, that's the name of the game at the end of the day is you know
1: what do you have on the field versus the other guys but i think that uh, plays into the whole discussion though recruitment like why did you go why did you go to? on is that you know why why did you go work for an organization because they were Mm -hmm. the only people people, only
0: people were talking to me at the time just just money yeah it's it's
1: either they said here's a job or you did not get a job
0: well you know for me it was you know for me like i uh so i i graduated i came out i i had i had blown my hamstring out in the sugar bowl my senior year. So my coming out was was tough for me just based off of that. Then sure. it was the lot it was the lockout. Um so there was no mini camps. And that was oh, the only I chance that got that holy
1: that shit. was the
0: only only chance the guy like me stood of of making a team because I needed to show up and 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 put something in front of them that they were like, whoa, whoa, who's this guy? You know what I mean? Right. And without that platform it just wasn't there. And I wasn't able to to put together a good pro day uh, because of those injuries either way i'm I'm getting bogged down in the details I'm sure so i i you know I, I i was given my opportunity to play for the next two or three years and i was you know doing private workouts going to pro days you know going up to canada to try to get in the cfl things of that nature um but my first job my first job out of out of uh um that was was dental sales and the only reason i got that was because i was a football player i did yeah, medical. I, just, I did medical
1: yeah. <laughs> it's i'm yeah. like
0: has nothing to
1: do with being attractive.
0: No, well, that's that, that's an interesting. That, it's so funny. the technology that sales deal, compared dude. to the, the medical sales is uh, what what is what is valued, but I think I, I don't know if I've told this story to you or, or what, but in my interview for the for the job, I got about like ten minutes into it, and the, the guy goes, all right, this is all well and good, but uh, you know, my son's a starting quarterback for the varsity team here at Tribuco Hills, and uh, you know we're playing a team that's been running cover two all year. Like how do you think we should attack that? Shut up. I swear to God. And so I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'd love going against cover two. Of course we're going to have to tack the middle. What's their middle linebacker like? Is he have any athleticism? Like, are we able to stress the the corner? You know, land land it all out there. I'm on the whiteboard doing the whole thing. So um, I don't even know where I was going with that. But but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was around, it was around the the thought of um, you know, pe- being able to be told no, right? And like Continually, continually showing up and, and doing those things. Oh, that's where I was going with it. Yeah, 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 so I got, so I got into, I got into that part. I, you know, was having all the success, winning reps of the year, blah 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 blah. And, and this is the the whole jux. I was like, fuck, dude. Like, I'm this. I'm not happy. Blah 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 blah. I've already said this on the podcast. I'm not gonna bore people with this again. But, so I, that's when conscious athletics started for me. It was in 2016, 2017. I was like, man, like I'm feeling this way. Like I know other people feeling. And I started getting it going. And I had I cashed out my 401k. I was like all in on this, um, and I basically had about a year's runway worth of money. And I got to I got towards the end of that year, um, and it was it was when I met Rachel, who was my girlfriend at the time, is now wife. And I was like, okay, I'm not making any money off of this. I either move in back with my parents, or I'm homeless. And, you know, I'm, I'm dating this girl that I'm, that I, that I want to, you know, tell her that I can provide a life for her. Like, I can't do that with no, no place to stay. Um, and I got, I got lured in by that, by that, that big technology sales, uh, that they, that they dangle out there. And honestly, like I've talked to a lot of people, I, I I was very lucky and and same with you to be able to, to be able to get into that industry
1: with no prior experience. Yeah. But we, Um, we were rare. Yeah. That was, that was the difference. They, they just started doing, because typically going back to your medical and dental thing, medical and dental, they hired athletes always. Right. They hired athletes constantly. Right. Tech was not the case. Tech, you, you went to we'll just believe it anonymous camp. And then you went through that and you went through the process and you made your way up the company. Right. You and I were the rarities to get in that way. But I, I think I, I meant to cut you off because what you had to do place back to the beginning of this conversation you wanted something to succeed. You gave it all that you had. Then you decided, hey, I've got to take care of my family, future family, my life, my entire well-being.
0: Yep. My ego has
1: to go away. Yep. So you have to put your ego on, on the table and go, okay, maybe this is going to be a dream down the road. And lo and behold, here we are five years later, six years later, when podcasts have become far more prevalent than they were. Right. 100%. So you get to do this as something you
0: enjoy. Yep. Yep. And I think that's the, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there is, is being able to, is being able to swallow that pill and say, okay, awesome. hey, maybe th- this path isn't, isn't where I need to be right now. Um, but sure. that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, come back and revisit that. Um, as long as you're, as long as you're keeping that mindset of like a growth mindset, you know what I mean? Sure. Like for me, like it's, 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 I have, I have this, this innate fear of, of stagnation and, I, and and it eats at me. Like if I'm not, if I'm not doing something that makes me, whether, whether we talk about working out, whether, whether it be reading, whether it be trying to do some journaling or, 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 or some meditation or taking, taking my kid for a walk, taking my dog for a walk, golfing, there. whatever, it, whatever it may be to try to like, keep myself feeling like I'm, I'm feeling that growth. Sure. Um, and if you continue to do that, then these opportunities, they'll circle around you and you'll, and, and you'll have another chance to grab at them. Um, I think that it's, it's easy for us to get locked into patterns where we're just kind of accept our fate and say, well, you know, I'm making good money as, as a salesperson and I'm just going to continue to do this. But it's like
1: I can't every thing do- it just eats at you. You know what I mean? Like that's that- your soul. And that's the, the amount of discussions my wife and I have had, and she's now finally come to that realization of when I say I want more, it's yeah. not just money. It's, yeah. I want what I do to be purposeful. Right. I want to feel as though something that I've done has led towards something greater yeah sure money yeah anybody that says money can't buy happiness says money can't buy happiness look at the fucking smile on my face ear to ear baby Uh, (laughs) but the reality is money buys peace of mind so that you can go do these things you can go find out what you're actually wanting to do right it's the age-old question dude and I I would ask you this and I know you don't have an answer and that's supposed to be rhetorical I get asked by my dad all the time and he was in sales for 47 years what do you want to do
0: no. <laughs> no fucking I no, idea i have no clue man no fucking I have, idea i have no clue i think that's a i think that's another thing too just to to like admit to openly admit as an adult and then to to also also openly identify that as just who everybody is nobody knows what the fuck is going on nobody knows what they want to do we're all just hanging by the seat of our pants so sure. take so take some solace in that you know what i mean like it's like oh shit like i'm not the only one just dangling in the wind out here everybody's we're we're all just trying things we're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and sometimes things work for you for for a certain period of time and then you 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 either graduate from that or you move to a different part of your life and it doesn't work anymore and, and you adjust um, but it it all comes back again to just like to to constantly having that mindset of like, I'm going to grow, I'm going to keep growing, I may not be able to take that huge step that I want to take right now. But like, sure. when that next opportunity does present itself, I'm going to be ready, I'm going to be ready, because I'm gonna, I'm going to take care of myself, which when I take care of myself allows me to take care of the others in my life, which allows me to have a complete
1: experience, you know what I mean? Well, and I, and I think you, the best part of what you just said is being ready for what is next not knowing what it is, but being ready when it comes. Because the reality is in this industry that you and I are in, or the majority of industries, you can go to a different company that's going to do the same shit. You may make a little bit more money, but that's still not going to change what you're looking to accomplish and what you're looking to do. No, that's that entire motif of, you know, in athletics, you have the end game. You have what you're looking to accomplish. And once you get that trophy, once you get all of that shit done, you've made it. Right. Then by chance, if you're one of the 2% that can go on and play professionally, your next is that championship too. What the fuck comes after that? Yeah, Because so many athletes that I know I played with, that you played with, if, if you don't have a system in which either be it familial or, I don't know, a support system that's going to guide you into, hey, by the way, this is different. Than you striving for that trophy, but it's at least continuing a healthy life. Right. Fucked. I think it's, I think you just, right, I mean, I, I didn't mean to tie that back, but it was just one
0: of those, like, no, that was, that was, that was, that was really well put <laughs> and really, really well put and really well said. And I think that, I think just in that, it's like, you know, as an athlete, like you have, you know, if you're, you're talking about extended careers, like, yeah, you, you got to pace yourself, but like, you're able to sprint because, you know, God damn it. I'm fucking, like you said, I have this in mind and I'm going to sprint my fucking ass off until I get to that line. Whereas life, those things are, those things are, are, are illusory. They're, 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 they're here one day, they're there next. And if you're sprinting out to get these things, you're going to get gassed, you know that's what right. I mean? And that's, I think that's a big, big part is, is, is learning how to pace yourself. And learning that it's it's a it's a consistency game, not an output game. Right. Sure. It's it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna do these things every single day. And you know, I may not it, to me, you know what's the, the thing that I learned the most about this and, and I'll say in the last 10 years of, of me kind of going on this journey of, of trying to 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 actualize myself. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> being an adult, is like you don't like these little things these tiny little seeds these tiny little bricks that are getting laid on top of each other they don't feel like anything like you may be meditating you may be doing all this stuff for like years and like and you're like i don't i'm still i'm still getting pissed off at this i'm still doing this blah 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 blah. and then there'll be that one moment where something will happen and, and you'll handle it in a completely different way and you'll navigate yourself through that situation and you're like holy shit, there it was yeah. So it's like, it's, you can't get caught up. And, and as athletes, we 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 are, we are primed to do this. And the fact is like, I, I'm going to do an action and I want to see a result tomorrow or next week or whenever it is. And it's like, that's not how life works, man. It's no. not how, it's not how it works. Learn to accept that. And just to understand that, that there is, there is somebody out there keeping the checkbook. Like, did he do this today? Yep. Did he not do it today? No. Did he do it? Did she do it today? Yes. Did she not do it today? You know what I mean? And so on and so forth. A percent. And at the end of the day, we are, we, we are the accumulation of what our habits are, man. We are the yeah. accumulation of that day-to-day stuff. And, and that's, where, that's where I find that power for me because it's like, I can do this. I've done it before at a high fucking level. And that's what sports do. We talked about like when that guy uh, uh, who was played for the national team at, at Santa Barbara was like, Ross, like you, you got that. You know what I mean? Like sports do that for, for us. We have that like, okay, I'm able to do that i'm able to perform at a level because put it this way if you were in the 99th percentile of technology sales holy shit if you were in the 99th percentile of whatever it is that these guys and girls out there are doing you would be you would be making buku money you would be happy if you're doing something that's a pursuit of happiness whatever it may be you know what i mean and but in sports you're outside that 99 and you're and you're out on your ass 100 so, percent so like, so, like, just think about that. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, that's a, that, that's a, that's a crazy, that's a crazy mindset to be
1: in. Dude, it's, it, we could talk about this for fucking hours, but I, I think it, it plays into your professional life, your personal life, your friends, everything else. As, as you continue to grow, if things aren't changing, there's a fucking problem, period. Yeah. And if you're not able to learn where to put your energies, which is exactly what sports would teach you, you're not going to be very happy. You're not going to be fucked, but you're not going to be very happy. No, I think that's, yeah, it, that's the biggest thing. Cause it's a process of like what
0: you're alluding to right there. It's not, happiness isn't something that like, when we're, when you're younger, happiness is, is much easier to attain. Oh, I got an ice cream. I got an ice cream cone. Oh, I'm going to the movies. I'm happy. I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm happy. A really happy three and a half year old in my house. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas when you get older, it's like, man, I'm like, I, 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 I hung out with this friend and went golfing. I, I I, took my kid to, to the, uh, the park. I, I, I had a, I had a good cocktail. I had ate a good meal. Like, and at the end of it, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm okay. Good. Yeah. And that's fucked up. Right. That is That is fucked up. And so it's like, okay. Cause that like, you have to put in that work. You have to do those things
1: that are outside of what you would normally think, or you're not going to experience that you have to change your perspective as to what success and happiness looks like. And that is so fucking hard because the reality is you and I could continue down this path and every, you know, everybody in this world could Of to us, what would be considered mediocrity. Right. But to some what would be considered a very comfortable life. And there's nothing wrong with either side of that. Right. It's just getting to a level of going kind of what you played off of. I had this happen, this happened, this happened. I'm still not where I want to be yet. Right. Because you still have something driving that. And, I, and it's and it's hard. And it's not, again, I, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I'm good at it. I, I have, I have an incredible life. Right. I still want more. Yeah. And you know, That makes me, I don't think it makes me shallow. It, it just makes me well it's it's built into you, dude. There's nothing yeah. that's a that's that that
0: is a ticker that's gonna and, and it's it's a twofold thing because it it it's amazing in the fact that you will continue to put yourself in uncomfortable positions to receive that and or to receive that 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 dose of whatever it is you're looking for back. But at the same time, it will also drive you to, to do things that take away from what would actually probably make you more happy. Cause you're sure. like, I got, I got to sacrifice. I got to do this to make it so blah, 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 blah. And so it's like finding that balance, which is the most difficult thing for anybody to do. And yeah. you know, it's, it, you find it one day and it's gone the next. Um, sure. So like that, that whole process, again, it comes back to the, to the marathon uh, mindset. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah you're going to wake up some days and you're going to feel good and you're going to, and you're going to cruise that 26.2 or whatever it is feeling great. And then there's going to, but there's going to be a lot more days that, that you don't feel great. And in fact, probably that's more of the, the rule than the exception. Um, and like, how do you, how do you manage that? How do you, how do you, how do you do the things that are necessary to get you through and, 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 and be the best version of yourself? No, I agree. I agree. And and like Ross said, that nobody, none of us have the answers. We're all just, we're all just chemists out here trying to you know throw different, you know, percentages of, of what we're doing at, at the world and, and hopefully find something that, that works. But um, you know, it's about
1: the pursuit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. And, and, I, and again, dude, I, I think what you're doing with this is super cool. I, I think it is going to be remarkably informative and helpful for other athletes that are in the professional world now, because I, yeah. It's that mentality of knowing that you're not alone. Again, a lot of the problems being first world, certainly, or champagne problems. But the reality is, Always. It, you know, Warren Buffett has money issues. It doesn't mean that it's his are just different than mine. Everybody's got a problem, and especially from athletes. Right. Hey, by the way, how do you get through it? How does this change your life? And what does the future look like for you? So I'm excited for you, man. This is fun, and I I'm more appreciative that you actually let me do this. This is cool. Oh man, no! I, you
0: were one of the first first people I thought about because I just we have had these conversations before, and yeah. I just think you have a, you think you have a great perspective on it, and I I really want to provide like my my goal with this whole thing is to provide <laughs> as many perspectives from as many diverse set of individuals as I possibly can, um, and because that's the truth. Like I've had I'm, I was I was excited to have you on because you're you're unique in the aspect of, of the sport you played, and then like you didn't really have like your your identity as a water polo player still is relatively intact because you do it so much. So that's kind of an interesting way of of, of looking at it. Um lucky. The first the first yeah, exactly. The first couple guys I spoke to, um, you know, their 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 stories are definitely not without trials and tribulations, but they were both uh, you know, five plus NFL, NFL pros, NFL year pros. So, right. yes. Do they have struggles? Absolutely, but they also at the end of the day were able to to do things that that a lot of us were, were striving for and fell short of. So like I just I'm really excited to have as many perspectives, like I mentioned, as as possible, and it's
1: cool, man. And loop it all together. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I'm (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm so. Um. So I think we're we're kind of we're kind of coming to the end here. We're good. good. It's seventy something out. I should go have a drink. I know. I want to uh, before before we go. um, Is there anything you know? It could be a it could be a, a book you've read. It could be a workout program that you that you that you found. It could be. Um, some sort of process that you go through that that has kind of helped you on a day to day process, uh, you know,
1: level you know, that you would like to share. Uh, I mean, I, I mentioned the the mundane of I've got to work out every day in some sort of fashion um, right. because without that, I my temperament is just terrible, it, and it's right. twofold because I I beat myself up because I didn't work out type of thing. Um, I, I think the ability to disconnect is something that I've become. Uh, what's the right terminology, I, seasoned or a pro at. Um, yeah. I think it's important to, as you kind of expressed, and this is something that I do is when the day is done, the day is done. I am with my family. I am with my wife, my daughter, our dogs, my wife's cat. Um, <laughs> because if you continue to focus and stress on the things that are not going to change within the next 12 hours, you're fucking yourself. And it's more important to focus your energy during the times or during game time, if you will, to be super fucking cliche.
0: That's that is a that is a great one to leave off with. Is is the so, ability is the ability to turn that off and and to and to be present with with yeah. the people that that really the only reason you're doing all this the reason that you're subjecting yourself because let's be honest. If you and I didn't have families, we would be floating around some foreign country, not doing shit, but just being a, being maybe a bar back and, and, and enjoying some swimming. We'd, so we'd
1: be so happy,
0: <laughs> but we wouldn't, oh, we wouldn't. My wife.
1: <laughs> um, oh, dude, say, say hi to that beautiful wife of yours, hug those kiddos. Congratulations again. And I appreciate you, man. Oh, always man. Love you, brother. Appreciate Love it. Love you too, bud. All right.
0: Thanks again for sticking around for another episode. If you guys are looking for more information, please visit us at our website at consciousathletics.net and or Instagram at consciousathletics. As always, thanks to our sponsor, Be Cool, Be Smart, Be Alive, teaching our youth their rights and how to de-escalate. For more information, please visit becooler.org.